Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and the, and the excitement continues, unless you're a Houston Texans fan, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THBN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any game this week. That's promo code THBN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportbook for details. you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. The 25th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams' front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys once again today. We're going to talk about Carolina potentially being underrated as we close in on the start of practice for the 2021 22 season. I went through about five publications and saw where Carolina is preseason ranked according to them over the summer. And I think some of the the standings or the numbers are going to surprise you guys. So we're going to break down why Carolina is being ranked so low and if they are in fact being underrated as we close in on the season. Got some more recruiting notes we're going to touch over at the end of the day show. But we start as we start every episode with the pod thought of the day. We go back to Hall of Fame head coach and glorified goat Roy Williams, who once said, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was worked on every day. We're trying to get the podcast to the status of being a Rome-like podcast where we've got an empire, we're conquering a Jim Rome-like podcast, you know, conquering other Carolina podcast along the way. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not quite what we're looking to do, but okay. Um, but it really was I, – I, I picked that because I think Carolina's trying to build itself back into a national power. It's still a national brand. We've seen that on the recruiting trail. 
But we talked about this upon the end of the season, which led to Roy Williams' retirement. It felt like the program was at a state where it had to be rebuilt in a, in a lot of different ways with the land the changing landscape of college basketball and college athletics with the transfer portal, NIL becoming uh, a thing over the summer as well. I think we all agree Carolina's got the right guy to guide us through the changes in Hubert Davis. That's the big reason why he was selected by Roy Williams as his replacement. But, you know, as we're about to discuss here, there's a lot of doubters around the country that, uh, in terms of Carolina being competitive again this year. And I think, you know, for us, being competitive at Carolina is a lot different than NC State. Finishing sixth at NC State gets you, a, you know, a contract extension, a sixth-place finish at Carolina, and there's doubters and people are, are, are starting to ask questions. Not saying that Hubert Davis is going to have those kind of questions after year one, but it is a possibility because the level of expectation set here by Dean Smith, by Roy Williams, and now trying to be uh, followed by Hubert Davis. So as I mentioned, I looked through five publications – um, do we see where they have Carolina ranked in the preseason as we're less than three weeks away from the start of practice? So the season is getting here, and we'll be talking about the season before you know it. Uh, we'll start ESPN. Um, I guess that's probably the most reputable source that you could go through. I got Carolina 16th, so right there in the in the middle. Um, CBS Sports, they've got Carolina 15th. Sports Illustrated has them the highest at 13th. Um, Heat Check has them at 18th. If you're not familiar, Heat Check is just a, a college basketball website. Um, I follow some of their guys on, on Twitter. It's really great content, especially if you if you follow if you want to follow like the mid major or something. They do a really good job covering that. Bleacher Report, the way they did theirs was they took like a consensus of a bunch of different guys and kind of combined it into one. The consensus had Carolina 17th, and then Busting Brackets had Carolina all the way down at 24th, um, so barely just inside the top 25. The thing to note about Heat Check and Busting Brackets, those were released before the addition of Dawson Garcia. To my knowledge, those that have not been updated, so you would imagine, especially on the Busting Brackets side, that with the addition of that coveted transfer, Carolina would be higher. Um, and so when I was going through this, and I, this was just a general idea, something for us to talk about. I didn't realize the numbers were going to be this low. I thought they would just have some top 10s, at least 11, 12s. Was surprised to see Carolina as low as 14th with what they're returning and what they'd added pre-Dawson Garcia. But what do you think is the reason UNC isn't highly rated entering this season despite returning the core of that backcourt and they revamped the front court with uh, Brady Manick, Justin McCoy, and Dawson Garcia. Results of the last two years. I mean, that's basically the only thing that you can really look at and say that this team doesn't have. There's not a lot of projection that seems to go into what Carolina can be in some of these ones, uh, mainly the ones that have them ranked outside of the top 15. I mean, like Sports Illustrated, there's a little more projection going on there. But I think a lot of them is just most people look at it and say, well, we've seen how bad this team has been the last two years as compared to what our expectations were for them. 
and we're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Other teams are given the benefit of the doubt. Like year Kentucky. in and year out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I think most people would probably, if, if they're trying to figure out a reason why they're rated so low, you would go with that. Uh, also, new head coach is probably a big reason why as well because you lose a Hall of Famer. You're replacing him with a guy that was on his staff and a guy that I feel like a lot of people – you know, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, with college basketball, it's it's a lot more difficult to tell because in, in, in college football, you would have guys that would be getting – each coach gets broken down by national media members, all this kind of stuff. College basketball, it's just not as well known. But I would say for the most part, people have a pretty good opinion of what – Hubert Davis can be as of right now. I mean, there's still question marks as to what exactly he could be, but it feels like people have a pretty good amount of confidence in him. So those would probably be the two things that that I would think are going against Carolina when, I mean, yeah, you're bringing back a veteran backcourt. You've got your your front court is is probably – Maybe maybe a tick below the group that you had last year. I would say at this point, I'm the the confidence level for me is probably at about the same spot as they were last year. It's just in different areas. You're talking about a guy in in Dayron Sharp who was a, you know someone who could wreak havoc on the inside, clean the glass with the best of them. Where you know now you're going to have a guy like Brady Manick who's going to be able to space the floor a little bit more for you, knock down some more shots than Dayron Sharp did. So. Uh, that I mean, I, I think they're kind of you know they're they're a little bit all over the place, but that makes a little bit of sense for a team that, to be honest with you, even as as guys that cover this team, we don't exactly know what this team is going to be. I do think, though, at least on my end, when I was going through and look, the the national consensus as Sheber Davis is going to do just fine at Carolina because he's done everything that has proven to you to believe that Carolina is going to compete within the ACC, and then, of course, nationally. Um, but I do think of the big reason why is because Roy Williams isn't on the sidelines. And I think that does make a lot of sense. You're losing one of the only six coaches who'd ever win three national championships. The guys won the ACC. The guy won the ACC half the time he was in the league. He made nine Final Fours as the head coach. So I do think there is some legit, you know, some legitimacy to that. But also, this is a different era where – First-time head coaches at the college level, success isn't abnormal. You look at what um, Jawan Howard's doing at Michigan and, and so, some other places. Like, if Hubert Davis came, comes in and Carolina finishes top three in the ACC, makes the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, if anyone is saying they're surprised, they're a hater. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina achieves those types of things. I think those type of goals, even for this year, are realistic and, and should be expected in a lot of ways for this team and this program. Um, so I, I do agree with you on that. I think one thing is that we always talk about, and whether it's in college basketball, college football, whether you're a professional, you usually see – you're the most development improvement in a player from their first year at that level going into their second year at that level. No matter what the sport is, no matter the level of the sport, you usually see the most growth from that first to second year. Are we undervaluing the development of Carolina's backcourt of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Anthony Harris and those guys, especially considering they've had a normal 
offseason that they didn't have last year, which really hindered this team in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's it's possible. I, I think that this is a team that could take a pretty big step back there. Um, I think it's just really all about the mentality of this team. We're going to learn about it pretty quick from those guards. Is I mean, you got a guy in Caleb Love that most people thought coming in was a one-and-done guy. Is he a guy that responds well to the fact that he didn't end up going and now he's a guy that's maybe off a couple of NBA radars? Does he use that as, as a motivator or is that something that uh, is, is going to hurt him and is going to stick with him? I think it's probably you know going to be a motivator for him and I think you'll see him step up. Uh, yeah, I think natural progression, especially for a guy like R.J. Davis, is, is, is going to be huge. And then uh, Anthony Harris, I think you know he knows his role and, uh, you know, this is the first time where he's really been fully healthy enough to be able to go through and, and sort of really develop. I mean, the last two years, he's been working back from injuries. Yep. This hasn't been him being able to work on improving himself as a player. So that's going to be huge for him to be able to come back and, and, and do that. And you also got some other guys really around the team that could factor in in the backcourt that uh, you know, are, are going to be able to develop and grow themselves uh, going forward. You know, a guy like true freshman uh, DeMarco Dunn coming in. He's a guy that could try to push for, you know, some early playing time. That's definitely possible. Um, and then, I mean, you, you, you even talk about, you know, maybe I, I don't know exactly where he's going to play. More than likely, he's probably going to be more of a three. But Puff Johnson, another guy who can focus on growing this offseason season. As opposed to what he had to deal with last offseason with, you know, the COVID protocols, then he actually gets COVID himself. So, yeah, there was a whole bunch of different stuff that was going on with that. Um, so I feel like, yeah, with it being a more normal offseason, especially in this backcourt, they're going to be able to take a step forward this year. We haven't set the, I guess, the expectation for this year on the podcast. I know what I expect of this team which is usually the same thing year in, year out. But does these type of projections, which is, you know, a preseason, but they're also kind of projecting forward what Carolina can be, should it tamper and lower expectations for the first season of Hubert Davis if the national media who cover the sport aren't thinking as highly of the Tar Heels as someone like I am as of today? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think – yeah, it's not that it matters because the standard at Carolina is the standard and it's never going to change no matter who's coaching. I mean, it's it's just it's really it's really tough to come out of the gate with Hubert Davis and say, "Look, man, this dude, you know, final four should be the expectation." I mean, that's where the program is at um in terms of them being a national pro power program in college basketball. I don't know if those are realistic expectations right out of the gate for Hubert Davis this year. I mean, you've got some really good teams around college basketball as well uh, that are going to be coming back. But, uh, yeah, I would say no doubt for sure this is a team that you would expect to be top four, I will say, in the ACC. Because I, I think that you look at Carolina, they should be in the tier of Duke, Virginia, Florida State for this upcoming season. Yes. So I think in that in that notion, yes. Do I think this should be a second weekend of the tournament team? Yes. I believe that's a realistic goal as well. Realistic expectation, I should say, as well. Um, I think that's probably about where I would stop it, though, because, yeah, this is a guy that, I mean, look, he's going to have moments where he's going to feel pressure. 
It, it's natural. You're coaching one of the most prestigious programs, not only in all of college basketball, in all of college athletics. Well, Carolina basketball is way up there. You're taking over for a legend. So I feel like there it, is going to be also, some pressure on him, especially with the last two seasons. Fans want the fans want to win. Yes. They have not seen enough over the last two years with where the standards are at, which a lot of people carry the same standards as yours. So there's going to be pressure on Hubert Davis, and we'll see how he adjusts to it. For me, my expectations, being that top four in the ACC, coming to probably the final two weeks, I would say, with a chance to win the ACC regular season title, you know, make it to... I would say at least the semifinals of the ACC tournament and make it to that second weekend. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the pressure is there. This isn't it, – it's not only the best job in college basketball because it is. It's probably a top five job in college athletics when you cross college football and college basketball. I put it up there with Alabama football, Texas football, Ohio State football. This is better than two-thirds of the jobs in the NBA also, in my opinion. You can get a lot more credit, a lot more fame coaching the Tar Heels as opposed to coaching the Minnesota Timberwolves of the NBA. And I think you – Yeah, I, no doubt. The I think Minnesota you brought a good point. are garbage. Um – as spoiled as we've been for the last 60 years, and we've been spoiled, the last two years, and look, last year wasn't bad. Was it great? No, but I mean, Wake Forest would kill for that kind of season we just had. But for us... <laughs> that'd be that, that'd be a prime year for Wake Forest. Right, for us, and I know for me, it was another distraughtful, long season where the team was a headache to watch at times. They weren't a fun group to watch at times, whether they were winning or they're losing. So there is going to be the expectation where, or this whole idea, when we when we all gather for late night, we will celebrate him becoming our head coach as we should. But once that, once that clock hits zero, the honeymoon's over for him. We want to win. We, we hired you to br- bring in great kids to get them an education but we hired he got hired to win basketball games at the level that the program should which is winning ACC championships and winning national championships i think they're going to do that i'm not i'm not stressing that i'm worried about them being able to compete cuz then they're going to be able to compete just fine i think another thing that this brings up is something that i think what makes college basketball so great november through march as opposed to just in march is that carolina is ranked this low because there's a lot of parity in the sport. Like, the NFL and Major League Baseball, they pride themselves on having parity in their leagues, and they have it. Um, the NBA and college football, they pride themselves on dynasties because parity rarely exists. There was a time in college basketball where parity did not exist. But it's here now, and I think as unwilling as we are to accept that reality, I think we've got to accept that some of these programs that have become elite, they're going to be around for a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think you're right, but I think, yeah, there's definitely – you're going to see a lot of interchanging for the next few years. There will be programs that will rise up and take over as the powers – but I think especially now with Carolina changing head coaches, with Duke changing head coaches Michigan after the State's season. 
not far out of the way from him. I mean, they're going to be close. Izzo. You would imagine that. I mean, Jim Beheim at he's, Syracuse. He's got to go sometime, right? He's got to stop picking Booger sometime in the near future nice. on the sideline. Bob Huggins at West Virginia. I mean, they're you know, even though they haven't made deep runs, can you know, in the NCAA tournament, they're a factor year in year out. They're a factor, and it. I mean, he believe it or not, he's up there. Even a guy like Leonard Hamilton, like it feels like he's really gotten this team finally to their peak here, and he's got them competing year in and year out in the ACC, well, it doesn't feel like it's going to be around for that long because Leonard Hamilton's in his, what, late 60s, early 70s? Holy God. So, I mean, that's crazy. Like, that's the point that you're starting to reach in the sport. And call me skeptical. I mean, look, I think Gonzaga's probably got staying power, but that's mainly because they play in a conference that allows them to do that. I don't think Baylor's a team that's going to be up there year in and year out. I mean, I I think Scott Drew's a heck of a head coach, but I can see that being one of those teams that can drop back a few years, and and it's not they're not going to become this consistent number one, number two seed every single year like we've seen with some of these other programs. But yeah, I mean, I think that's I mean, there's there's definitely going to be parity going forward, and that it's going to vary for for Carolina. I think that. You'll, you'll see them fluctuate up and down the rankings. But I think the, the other thing that this does is this creates a window for those dynasties to develop. Nobody else right now looks like a dynasty outside of maybe Gonzaga. But they haven't won a national championship. So. I mean, yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's a, that's a dynasty that hasn't won a championship yet. So the door to me is pretty, pretty open. And I think Carolina is one of those teams that could jump in and take advantage of that. It's just, you know... Is this the right hire for you? I I think, I mean, I think it is. Like you said, a lot of people think it is. But it's now about finding out whether or not that's actually the truth. And like you said, we're going to learn quickly because the expectations are are going to be high from from everybody, not not just the fans. This is it's going to be high from the athletic department, from the boosters, everything like that. So uh, he's a guy that no doubt, especially if let's say West Miller starts having success at Cincinnati right away, something like that. He, he's going to have to prove himself, but I think there's an opportunity for him. Well, I mean, I think something we stressed this during the coaching search and, and after the hire, this was the most important decision Bubba Cunningham was going to make. You, you you succeeded no matter what happens moving forward with football with getting Mac Brown back because you brought back the energy. You've got the money flowing. And the football program, despite losing to Virginia Tech, it's on the right track. But we always Oh, really? Knew, I heard the season was over. Uh, yeah. Everything everything was lost. Uh, but we knew that if, if he had to make this decision, which we always kind of thought in the back of our heads, when he didn't leave for other athletic director jobs like at Notre Dame, didn't get the ACC commissioner job that Jim Phillips got, God forbid, um, this was the most important decision he was going to have. And so he, he'll, he'll feel extra pressure himself because he ultimately made the decision. And he opened himself up when he hired, and said, when he hired him and said, I learned a lot about the Carolina basketball family in the last 24, 48, 72 hours. He was willing and was open to going outside the fabric of Carolina to hire the next head coach, which in a lot of ways only just adds pressure to Hubert Davis when so many of your alums were the ones pushing for you like – 
Now, granted, it wasn't like when Matt Doherty got hired where he was the fifth option, and Dean Smith said either you take the job or I'm hiring Rick frickin' Majerus from Utah to come to come coach us. That was how he got him to come to Carolina because he wasn't going to allow that to happen. It's not that level here, but if you don't win, well then, like, Wes Miller will always leave Cincinnati to come back and coach the Tar Heels. You, you, that'll always, you always have that in the back of his head, so he has to put that away, and the best way to do that is by winning. Yeah, I, I, because I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that next time around, if this doesn't end up working out, I think this is a step where, I mean, I, I don't think that if this doesn't work out, this is the end of Bubba Cunningham. No, I think that yeah, I, means. I, don't think that either. I think that means though he is going to take a really hard look and. Look, he'll take the opinions of some of these guys that have been in the program in the past, but he's also going to say, look, I listened to you guys last time and went with what everybody was telling me. It didn't work out. I need to take a harder look at some of these other candidates that are outside of the family and see if that's the direction that we need to go in. But, I, I yeah, I, I think that he's, he's set up to have a, a lot of success. I think they're going to give him a, a decent leash. They're not going to – It's this is not – Do you think I'm going to give him a decent leash as a fan no, that no, watches? <laughs> no. We, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, if you don't like what you see in the season opener, he will be on the hot seat for you. <laughs> uh, not quite the same at I'm Carolina. Not, I'm not that bad. Okay. So, yeah, if you don't like what you see uh, – Let's see. If you don't like what you see post ACC Big Ten Challenge, then there's going to be some outrage. But um, no, I mean, I think they're they're going to give him a little bit of time because they know that th- this is the other thing is that he's a first time head coach. So like th- that's that's even more that, that when when it comes to the patience and the expectations for people, that's where you've got to temper some things because this guy's. You could say, well, he's coached the JV team. Okay, well, there's a difference in coaching the JV team against Mount Olive versus, you know, coaching at Carolina at the highest level when you've got to play a team in Virginia that even the legendary coach Roy Williams couldn't figure out how to beat in recent years. Like, that's where you've got to be a little bit patient. But at the same time, it's it's okay to still have expectations, and it's okay to still say, "Look, we we need to be able to show some signs of life. This can't, this cannot be a team that comes out and looks like the team that we saw back in 2019 or that, last year. That can't happen. You you've got to be a better basketball team than that." And it's got to start really in year one. Um, but I think that he, he's got the right staff around him. He's got the talent here. I think recruiting-wise, he's shown that there's no drop-off there. There's It's going to be about the same, if not even a little bit better, potentially. And, and the whole NIL thing only helped his ability to bring recruits here. Yeah, also, I mean, that's well. one of the main reasons people think that Dawson Garcia landed at Carolina. He, he pretty much admitted that when he committed to Carolina. So, so, I mean, look, the sponsor the sponsor, of the big men going forward will be Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs> I mean, they've already just made that clear. If you're a big man, you're going to be eating some seafood going forward, but... But uh, I think I, I'm I'm not betting against him. Let's just say that. Me neither. So all this to say, um, as we we kind of factor in everything, and look, we're three weeks away from practice. We're you know a month a month and a half away from late night. We're as of today, we're two months away from the start of the season. As crazy as that sounds, today is Carolina being underrated during the season. I say yes, and I guess I'll kind of go public. I think Carolina is going to be a perennial top 10 team this season. 
I think they will compete to win the ACC. And I don't think making the Final Four is out of the question for this team. Is that the expectation? In a lot of ways, yes, because that's what this program has done is they've won ACC championships. They've made Final Fours. But I'm not saying they're going to do that. But if they they do do it, I'm not going to sit here and say, color me shocked because I won't be. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know enough about some of these other teams around the country. It's not, a, but you see, that's it's not about other teams. If Carolina takes care of Carolina, it always takes care of itself. That's all. It's that's how it's that's how it works with but in premier terms of programs. If they're, in, ter- in terms of if they're underrated, because I mean, coming into the season, I would not have this as a top ten team. Okay, I'll give you. You got what Texas has brought in with the guy. You add Chris Beard. You bring in Marcus Carr. That's guy, one of the best teams in the country. Who you know has nineteen points per game at Minnesota. No You've got Memphis, who's bringing in a great recruiting class. But they're all freshmen, and Penny Hardaway hasn't proven. In I'm, college. I'm skeptical on them, so I would say he can G- coach Gonzaga. Gonzaga is definitely ahead ahead of Carolina, no doubt. Yes. that's probably the best team in the country. UCLA is better than Carolina right now. Uh, Kansas, because of all that they add in the transfer portal, everything like that. Uh, Nova's better. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead and say that name. Um, Michigan, because they bring back. If they wouldn't have brought back Hunter Dick- Dickerson. Uh, or Dickinson, excuse me. I would have been a little, little more skeptical. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I think Duke's getting love because that's what the media wants to do, and and Coach Kaytron's retirement. I, I, look, I know that. See, that's the. See, I think I Duke's think, gonna be good. I don't think Duke's winning a national championship because I don't, they haven't I don't, done it. I don't think so either. I do think that's going to be a really good team because I think that the motivation of playing for Coach K in his final season, like, look, if Roy Williams had said, I'm coming back for one last go of it, then yes, I would put this team in the top 10 because that's an extra motivating factor. And when we went through and talked about some of the best teams under Roy Williams, those teams that had that extra motivating factor, whether it was losing the prior season, you know, in the NCAA tournament or, you know, even to a certain extent that 2018-19 crew where you had a guy in Kobe White that people said, well, he's good, but he's not going to end up being one of these. Well, he's probably a guy that's a few years away. And he played with that with, with that extra motivation to show that he really was one of those guys that could end up going to the league early. I don't know if Carolina has that motivation that's that a team like Duke has this season, but I mean, look, I, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong on that one, no doubt about it. Um, Baylor, I mean, it's hard to put them over. I know Baylor lost a lot. Team won the national championship, so uh, and then I mean, looking at some of the other ones, I mean, eh, I don't know. I, I I feel like now I don't get the thing like the one I do not get. How is Kentucky a team that went nine and sixteen last year ranked ahead of Carolina? Because of the name that's on the front of their jersey and who their head coach is. Blow, that one blows my mind. It blows my mind too. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, I probably see him. I I would probably have him somewhere in between in between ten and twelve. That's probably where I would have them. So right they're underrated. Now. So yeah, I, I guess yeah. I guess you would you would consider them a little bit underrated. I mean, look, if people are thinking this is this is what it is. If people are thinking that this team is going to be the team that we've seen the last two years, mainly if this if they think it's going to be the team that we saw last year and there's going to be no steps taken by this team, 
then they're playing themselves. You've got a majority of your core back from a year ago. And to be honest with you, I don't think this team got worse. I think this team got better as a whole in the offseason. Even though you lost two extremely talented freshmen down low and Garrison Brooks, I think this team upgraded, honestly. I I think they've got better. So... Yeah, I would say they're 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 a little bit underrated. I probably don't think they're as underrated as you do, but I still I I I have this is the most confidence that you can bring into a season of Carolina basketball in a while because I feel like even last year because you had the freshman point guard because you, you know, were still wondering what some of those guys the, the freshmen would be like in the front court that were going to have to play major roles. You are still a little bit, little bit hesitant. This year, I think there's a little more confidence around this. Well, if there's one thing we have learned in the last week and a half or so, there's nothing wrong with being underrated, and I think we would prefer to be underrated as opposed to overrated and being the talk of a disappointment in our sport like the Tar Heels are being talked about right now after their disappointing loss. Season's to, over, guys. Season's Tech. over. Um, some other notes before we do get out of here. They're mainly recruiting notes. Since we last talked... Cam Whitmore has visited Villanova. Um, that's someone we talked about his recruitment. Look, you got Illinois in there. I as like well. how you tried to read that like quickly and with a lower tone. Just it's still <laughs> all these years later. It still that hurts. name that name hurts to say, man. Um, it really does. But as we talked about when we discussed his recruitment, that's going to be the biggest competitor for Carolina moving forward, and that's being proven true as he, of course, has visited um, Villanova since. Zion Cruz, a guy we haven't talked a lot about because there wasn't really a lot to talk about when it came to him. Um, He's a five-star guard that's been pretty much linked to Auburn for a while, has received some crystal balls on some recruiting sites, not on 24-7 sports, though. Uh, that's the one that we use as the Heel Tough blog as our gauging point to really figure out and determine a, a, you know, how our recruitment is going. Some other recruiting sites that are reputable but not to the level of 24-7 sports have, have, have crystal balled him to Carolina after he was believed to be going to Auburn. So once something happens on that front, we will have all the news for you guys there. Last time we talked, we also talked about how Deontay Green wasn't going to come to Carolina. Um, that's that's still actually a possibility. Despite delaying his visit and then not coming on his visit, he still is considering Carolina in his top six, and he will announce on November 1st where he is going to play his college basketball. And lastly... The NCAA March Madness social media pages, they released a list today of the best current college basketball coaches to have played college basketball. Hubert Davis and Jerry Stackhouse both made the list. Of course, Hubert, coach of the Tar Heels. Jerry Stackhouse entering a very important year for him at Vanderbilt as he hasn't turned around the Commodores on the court and he's ticked off the media off the court. So So was this a ranking? It was just a list. Like okay. they, yeah, they didn't rank him one. Because I'm going to tell you, man, Hubert's got to be up there. What he did at Carolina, and then he was a heck of a player for the Knicks, which isn't saying much because the Knicks stink. They're, they're I mean, it's they Knicks didn't fans. stink though when he played for them. They were, they were average. I would kill to be average on a year in year aver- out basis. Average for the Knicks is tremendous. That, yeah. I mean, put them in the rafters. Tre- I mean, amazing. Um, so there you go, guys. So that's you know, there's your look at the notes. Now we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Before we do that, get you guys to the website. 
HeelToughBlog.com, where we're still immersed in the football coverage. Um, we had oh, it's not cover. over? People have been telling me the season's over. It, I mean, it might be if they lose to Georgia State. We had you covered leading up to kickoff up. at Virginia Tech. We have you co- we had you covered post the defeat at Virginia Tech with the recap, my trench report, and the stock report. You can go back and check all those articles out, as now we'll be getting you ready for the Georgia State game, which, of course, following that game, we'll have a recap, a trench report, and a stock report. Do want to let you guys know on the podcast side of things for the Heel Tough blog, when we preview opponents or preview games, those will be live on the Facebook page. So that's why we've been stressing you guys to like the page. The page will notify you once we go live. It's just going to fluctuate week to week, but we've been doing them right now, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Come hang out with us. Talk to us about the opponent and the upcoming game. Um, the recaps, where they will be recorded and they will be posted. Um, so that, that's just that news and note for you guys on the Heel Tough blog podcast side of things as for us on the podcast side of things um we're still you know we're at the, the basketball podcast network so we're through megaphone but we're on every major podcast platform um iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, you name it, the Four Corners Podcast is there. Give us a like, give us a review, but we want you guys to subscribe. That way you don't miss any episodes that we're recording right now. We're still doing one episode a week, but once we get closer to the season, and then once we get in season mode, there will be multiple podcasts coming out each week to talk about Carolina's success or lack thereof potentially on the basketball court. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I'd like Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening and as always go Tar Heels The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.